Part two, man. Your boy Jay Powell checking in. Black Men Sunday. We finna go crazy. You thought part one was something. I'm telling y'all. Part two. Going in. It's a black man Sunday. Time to put all childish things away. I refuse to be the man I was yesterday. Gotta put my best foot forward and elevate. Yes, yeah, Claude Dobe out of Calvert County, Maryland. Got a couple questions. Um, one of the things that we've noticed on the show is a lot of people have dropped gems about succession planning um, and how succession planning um, is important and we don't think about how they can manage their wealth and different things like that in terms of transferring it on to the next generation. So I um, just wanted to ask you, um, when did that really become apparent to you? Um, and do you have like a succession plan in place? Do you have an estate plan in place? And when did it become apparent to you that you would need to do some things like that? Um, to make sure the next generation is taken care of? No, that's a great question, man. And um, I appreciate you, family, for, for asking that. I've I've always wanted to, since the beginning of my journey, make sure that I put systems in place so that my kids are good <laughs> and that me and, you know, my partner, whoever that is, that will be good. But there are a lot of things that go in place, right? For one, I got married young. You know, I know the importance of, oh, you got to get you a prenup and this, that, and the third. But people don't properly educate you on prenup. You know what I'm saying? Because for me, yeah, I could have I could have got a prenup. But then because I got married so early, they don't tell you that what you make while you're married goes into <laughs> the, the pot, right? Y'all are still going to be splitting those assets. So when I had my divorce and then post up that like whoever my advisor was at the time, that didn't even come up in conversation. You know what I mean? That wasn't like a thing then. So the only thing that, that I was aware of was a prenup. This was way back when I got married for, excuse me, my first time in 2008. So I was young, I think it was 23, 24. And for me, it was just like, save, save, save. I was going through a very nasty custody battle. There was a lot of different things going on. So for me at that time, the most important thing that I could do was save. You know what I'm saying? Had some life insurance policies and things in place. Then I went through uh, my divorce, which was 2018. So yeah, almost, yes. Approaching six years ago, whatever. And with my now wife, we have all kinds of systems in place, including a prenup and everything else under the sun. Like we've covered all the checks and balances that you can have, you know, and then figuring out what works for us. Cause there's a lot of different things out there. You can do Roth, you can do, you know, all these different things, but just figuring out what works for me and her and what the plan is for our, our children. And, and my wife's situation, you know, she has, specific things especially that are in place from her family you know so that there's a lot of different things to think about when you're talking about planning and how things look moving forward and who's getting what and all of those things and then for me because I played in the league when you talk about your pension when you talk about your 401k you know all of those different things like who are going to be my beneficiaries you know where is this going how much you know those different breakdowns so the conversations are, you know, a lot different now than they were 15, you know, 16 years ago. I just think, and I'm a, I'm a huge 
advocate for people really designing a plan or figuring out what works for you. Cause a lot of times we'll throw ourselves into something because so-and-so says so or whatever, and that may not be the thing for you. It might, it might be something else. So that's why just, just research, ask questions, do, do as much as you can before you start making those types of decisions. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely for that answer. I do have a follow-up question. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's been interesting. I I, I want to get this uh, directly from you. You, you know, you, you kind of hinted at it, talked a couple of times about, about financial advisement and we've had a few financial advisors actually a couple of weeks ago, we had a Wells Fargo executive come on and said 8%, I think we said 8% of millionaires are black, but only three to 5% of financial advisors are black. Great. If you're a black financial advisor, you may have a lot of, you know, clientele. However, from the millionaire point of view, you may not be able to find people who are well-versed in financial advisement. And I was just wondering, you know, as, you know, as an athlete, how did you go about pick, do you have a financial advisor today? Um, how did you go about picking your first financial advisor? And what were some of the kind of trials that you had to work through with that? So I went through five different financial advisors during my, my playing career, three black, two white. And it's interesting because my first financial advisor who was white was probably the person I should have stuck with throughout like my tenure. He was the one that was like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Like he, he was getting me on the right path, but I was 19 when I first turned pro, like 19 going on 20. He was really what I needed because I'm, I'm saying that because like my advisor who I had when I went to Dallas, not saying that he wasn't good. He was a brother, not saying that he, he wasn't good. And, and I still have a relationship with him to this day, but there was times that he should have told me no, or he should have directed me a lot different. And then I switched from him to another brother and he was out of North Carolina and come to find out, bruh just, bruh just pretty much robbed me. You know what I'm saying? Like he was skimming, scheming. Then I switched to another advisor, a, a white gentleman, and he stole too. He was actually in one of the bigger scams because uh, it just came out recently. Like what he was doing, I was one of the athletes that, you know what I'm saying? Like he banged in the head, like for real. So I don't want to make it seem like it's a color thing or why this over that or none of that. Like I, I've, I've had good and bad experiences on both sides. And it's crazy because then from going from him, I actually, my last financial dude, which come to find out, and he was a brother too. And the stuff that went on behind my back that he was doing with my ex-wife in regards to money and giving her money. And it's just tricky, bro. Like, you know, when you trust people to do a service and it's scary too, because as, as athletes, they always say like, just focus on, just focus on basketball. And I know y'all have seen it. You've heard it. That's always the theme in regards to athletes or people that are in position. It's like, focus on what you're doing. So currently I don't have a financial advisor because I had a lot of growing pains from my divorce up until now. And I say growing pains because it forced me to look at my own money. It forced me to pay my own bills. It forced me to have the wherewithal of where things are going. It forced me to move differently, open accounts and have stuff over here and all of those different things. Like 
it was really a blessing in disguise because where I'm at now, I'm in a much more healthier place and space than I was then, even though I made the amount of money that I made then. And I'm making good money now. But the education, there's no amount of money that you can put on that because I'm, again, I'm in a better place and space now than I was then. I had more money back then, but I didn't have a high credit score. That's crazy. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm making millions then, but my credit score was like 650 versus my wealth is going up now and my credit score is approaching the 800. It's just different. Like, in understanding the power of having a great credit score, you know what I'm saying? And what you can do with that. Like, that's that's why the misinformation is so deadly in what we know and, and, and how we need to do better in those departments. So when you're picking your advisor, the thing that I would say is, be heavy in your business. Do not give anybody power of attorney. I don't know if people, you know what I'm saying, are hip or whatever, but that's a tricky game. Even even at our age, do not get sucked into giving somebody the power to make decisions for you. Un unless you got somebody that's going to be there or you're going to be there or whatever, or do it one time, you know, because I know they have certain setups where you can do like a power of attorney thing like one time in, in a certain situation or whatever, but make sure that you're a part of everything going on with your bread. Even though this person is doing their job, you still got to do your job. Because when I was sitting in court and going through my divorce and not realizing the charges that my ex-wife was making, the transactions that my financial advisor was making, and the list goes on and on and on, because I'm just working and getting to the money, don't do it. That's why we got to be transparent and vulnerable because we can help people not put themselves in those situations. You can get all the game you want about crypto, Bitcoin, real estate, opening a franchise, all of these different things. <clears throat> but another part to generational wealth is, I mentioned it earlier, which is saying no, saving your money. So like if you get a check, you take half and you pay yourself, free game. You get $3,000, go ahead and get $1,500 and put that over into another account where you don't have to see it. Budgeting. Big part of generational wealth. A lot of times we fumble the bag just because I got to have the nice shoes. I got to have a fancy car. I got to have a big crib and this, that, and the third. You don't have, it's not at that moment. You might have to get that 5,000 square foot boy when you turn 45 versus when you 30. You got to play the long game. I feel like we start getting money. We want it now instead of thinking about, okay, I want to make sure I can retire at 35, 40 versus retiring at 55, 60. It's a different mindset. And we don't we don't think of stuff like that because it's like, man, I got this bread. I got 50K saved up. What am I going to do with it? Sometimes it just might be the simple things of just saying no and saving and then figuring out something and putting yourself in a situation to, that you're really comfortable with. So there's so many ways to look at it. You you asked a really great question, and I hope I hope that I was able to answer that because there's so many layers to that, and I and I hope people don't miss that. And that's why I wanted to talk about a lot of my mishaps because that can help you make sure you don't do those things. If I had the right woman, <laughs> I can only imagine where my bread will be at right now. If I didn't let, you know what I'm saying? Like some of the women that I've had children with, again, I'm not knocking them. I was in a relationship. Things happen. Like, I still pray for them. Oh, it was nothing bad. I'm not going to badmouth the women. But I just know if I, if it would have been a little different, 
We say we saving thousands of dollars. Me fighting for my kids, for everybody that's on this call, on the low end, I paid seven hundred to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in attorney's fees. Could you imagine what could have went towards my family, my kids? You see what I'm saying? And we talking about generational wealth. You can bring all the financial advisors on. You can do all that you want to do. Sit, bring a judge on. Imagine what happened when we go to court. Multi-millionaire. They already feel some right. type of way about you. Or you got success or you, you're a business owner or whatever. It ain't even got to be an athlete. You could just be a successful business owner. And a judge got to hair up their butt because whatever. Oh, yeah, we got something for you. We talking about generational wealth. Bring some of them folks on this call, man. You know what I'm saying? And let them give some of the game on how we're being taken advantage of. Mm. It's nasty. It's a cold world out here. That's why I want to be open and vulnerable and share because if we do certain things like that, now we're building for real, for real, without throwing money into a plan or something else. Yeah, man. Definitely appreciate you coming on and being transparent and vulnerable like that. Really do appreciate it. Love, family. Appreciate you. So this is uh, Ray Simmons out of Rockledge, Florida. Um, thank you for coming on, Josh, and, and taking these questions also, man. Um, one of my questions was, you've had a, a pretty uh, incredible career where you have, you know, you've played in the NBA, you've played overseas, you've traveled, you know, uh, well-versed. Going through each one of those transitions, you know, say from Dallas, you know, to the Lakers, what, where does a lot of that resilience come from? You know, cause you say, for example, if you thought, if you thought you were going to, you know, be in Dallas initially for a while, and then you're like, all right, this is not working out. Now let's, you know, see where, what, you know, what, what next door, what door opens next for me. And for you, you know, I think it was overseas, right. Directly after Dallas. Um, mm -hmm. So what was going through your mind, you know, just as an athlete in general, black man, how, what kept you going and, and whether that resilience and that, and that, that hunger, when did that start like in your life? That's a great question. Though. For one, um, I grew up with a lot of hate. I grew up with a, with, uh, with a lot of challenges and adversity because, you know, I had people that said that they love me, man, tell me some of the harshest things and do the harshest things to me. I already had a chip on my shoulder like I had to prove something. And then you got teachers that telling you you're not going to be nothing. You got people in your community telling you you're not going to be nothing. So it was like, all right, man, we got to prove ourselves to people. And then when I got out of that mindset, it was like, just prove it to yourself. I know I belong. When I started playing sports, um, I wasn't chosen, bro. Like I didn't have – I literally had to work for everything that I had. And my thought process was find a sport – that felt like a family environment because of the things that I was dealing with at home. And then it went from, okay, this is family. Can I go to school for free? Can I be the first to do it in my family? Then it went from, I can go to school for free. I can pick whatever school I want. Can I now take care of my family doing this thing that I love to, I belong. And for me, I've always had the mindset of this is a gift. I know I belong, approach the game every day with a hunger and a mentality. And nobody has to motivate you or inspire you to want to be the best. Just work your tail off and do what you got to do. And everything will work out the way that it needs to. My mindset 
and my work ethic never changed whether I was overseas, whether I was in the NBA. It did not matter because I love the game. I still work out and I still – I was hooping earlier today. Like, I still go to the gym at 3 in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is in me. Like, that is what gave me 20 years. That is what got me to play on the highest level. That's what – gave me the respect and everything from my peers. Mind you, that is one of the most important things when you get the head nod from the people that's around you. So for me, that means more than anything. I've always carried my family, my name, my lineage, all of that. I've always put that on my back. But when I go to gyms and people give you the head nod because it's like, man, that brother right there, he's a pro. He went hard, never complained. Like, I love to have him on my team. Because it wasn't my choice. Like, when I went to Dallas, I thought I was going to be in Dallas for three, four, or five years. Right. Then I was a part of a trade. Then I thought I was going to be in Indiana for three years, four years. Then I was a part of another trade. Then I thought I was going to stick in Golden State. Got let go. Like, it was those things. Even after winning a back-to-back championship, I was like, yo, L.A. is home. Then they started telling me at 27, 28, I'm getting old. Like, bro, the stuff that goes on behind closed doors that y'all don't know, I'm telling you, man, like the business, because it's not my choice. Then I chose to come home for Atlanta. That didn't work. You know what I'm saying? So I just always had a love for the game, and that was always the thing that I stuck to because that's life. Life happens that way. You pick the girl, she the baddest thing ever. Y'all didn't work out. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, heal yourself. Get back out there, bro. We're gonna try it again. Like that, that was just that was just me, man. So I think I am beyond grateful and thankful for everything that didn't go right because it all helped push me. Thank you. Thank you for answering that question. And I I guess to piggyback on top of that, did you have a good support system around you that that kept you? I know you had the motivation and drive already, like you just said, but Did you have other people around you in your circle that were positive? Because you know how we can be, you know, how black folks sometimes there's somebody that, you know, maybe, you know, they don't deserve you or they, they're they're trying to, how should I word it? They're they're, they're trying to, they're yes, man. Let's just put it that way, you know? And and so how do, within your circle, did you have to eliminate anybody in that circle, first of all, and, and did you have that support? Uh, in your circle, people motivating you and saying, you know, helping you through this process of getting back up and, and, and jumping right back at it again. I can't really call it a circle. I just had the right people in my life. And what I mean by the right people is, is I had a yes man that showed me what not to do and how dangerous that is. Because I'm like, I came to you and you still, you ain't, you ain't give me what I needed. But that was where I grew because I I noticed and I picked up on what you was putting out there. Then I had somebody that was able to give me good counsel, but then we fell out. And even though they gave me good counsel and we fell out, that was somebody who was dangerous because the reason we fell out, and you call yourself my people. Then I had somebody that loved me and didn't say nothing. So we all go through this. And the reason why I say they're the right people is because they are all lessons. And I could keep going. They're all lessons, and they pushed me to be better because the biggest lesson is to be aware in your environment. 
a lot of times we put emphasis on other people when we really should put emphasis on ourselves. There's so much power in that. As many people as I know, as much love as I give to so many, man, I other than my newfound church home, unfortunately, Ray is real slim, bro. And I hate I I I hate to say that because I hate to say it, but at the same time, I'm okay with saying it because I know that all of us would love to have five to ten people for sure, for sure, that we know that we can really, really, really count on. But I feel like, honestly, it might just be two to three people. And I'm not just talking about myself. I'm talking about all of us because we're all in different places and spaces in our life. Like, Ray, I, I don't know your situation, bro, and I'm just getting to learn you and know you. But you think you got five homeboys that you can be open, transparent, or vulnerable with all the same? And they're going to be there for you all the same? If you do, brother, I applaud you. But you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like, brothers no, that I could really, like, yo, I'm having this situation with my old lady, dog. Like, man, this is like, like, yo, I need to, I really need to open up to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, I, I don't, I don't have that. The thing about me is I don't give up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll just be open and honest because that's me. That's my, that's my power. That's my, that's my superpower because I don't base anything off of whatever. Like, if I wanted to go, like, I could come to you right right now and ask you a question and genuinely want to hear your feedback. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't that doesn't mean anything because I can also receive what you give me and I can take that with a grain of salt. I know you're going to answer that to the best of your ability. But it's more so about the fact that I came to you versus what you're giving me back. Mm. I trusted you in that moment. I trusted you in that moment. So I just need to receive. That's it. And I may not like everything that you say. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to trust you in that moment because I came to you in that moment. The power is in understanding yourself enough to not fully give away and put into what everybody else has to say. Even with what I'm sharing with you all on this amazing call, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm giving y'all bits and pieces of me based on my experiences. It may work. It may not work. Cool. I'm not trying to offend anybody either. I was taken advantage of by a lot of people in my life. That doesn't mean that that's everybody's situation. But I don't want people to miss it because still be aware. If that's not you, that doesn't mean it can't be you either. Nobody's exempt. I married a woman who I had children with, who I lived with, who I thought I was going to be forever with, and that same woman took advantage of me, took money from me, lied, did certain things. She's a human being. I could go on a long list of things, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it happens. I still pray for that woman. I still, I still want to see her win because we have children together, because that's not in my spirit. But guess what? That's because that's a me thing. That ain't based off of her. See, a lot of us will get upset and get mad and middle finger to her, man. Like, but you're not realizing, man, if you're really thinking about your babies, you will want their mama to be okay. Because she's okay. The healthier she could be, her mental, emotional state, whatever that looks like, the better y'all's co-parenting situation can be. The healthier your kids will be. Because we just talked about earlier, right? Corey, you talked about the, the generational relationships and and how there's such a demise in that in that category. 
that's because these kids are watching us beef and go back and forth and they're involved in that and it just gets passed down so now when they're having spats in high school with their friends or they getting into a relationship instead of them exiting stage left and sticking to their boundaries they're they've watched what my mom and daddy did it josh powell man you enjoying yourself on black men sundays I'm loving it, man. Great group of brothers. This has been a, a beautiful conversation. And let, let me share this. This is the first time that I've been a part of like a generational, what we doing for, you know, wealth and all of those types of, I, I, I'm willing to take any conversation on. I can go there, but I'm grateful for this opportunity because it's been a different conversation. Those are refreshing. You know what I'm saying? And it's been beautiful, man. So hats off to you all and, and, and your platform and everything that you're doing, for real. Hey, hey Nelson, I got number love for you, brother. It's, you know, you're you're in a unique yet powerful place uh, to be able to to be able to help people and, and to serve people. And and again, you know, my my situation is not me. I want to make sure I say this is not me saying that everybody's like that. You know what I'm saying? So. I just want to make sure I give you your love and your flowers, brother, because it's it's important to acknowledge that. You know what I mean? You're you're helping people and people are looking to you for that. So I want to make sure I'm responsible in saying that and in acknowledging that, you know, that that's not the case for all. It's just for us to be aware. So I definitely wanted to say that real quick. Well, thank you, uh, Josh. This is Nelson uh, based out of Nashville, Tennessee. And yes, I am a financial uh, advisor. Uh, thank you for saying that and clear the air. As in any profession, there's going to always be bad actors and bad apples. And I, I say that to uh, also say uh, when you're in these types of uh, situations, it's important that uh, when you're picking an advisor, just like you, when you're picking a person for a relationship, that you really get to know that person. You get to know what are their vices, how they think, how, you know, what was their investment style? Uh, are they uh, risk takers, because that is your money. Right. And uh, everyone should do their part in getting financially educated as 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 they should um, and just have that financial advisor for um, the extra input. Right. I wouldn't want to go and sign a legal contract without uh, consulting a lawyer first. And also when you're picking an advisor, if they cannot speak and put it in uh, simple as I have a five-year-old girl who's getting ready to go to kindergarten. And if they can't explain the financial strategy, the investment at a kindergarten level, then you don't need to be in it. You don't need to be messing around with it or, or messing around with what they're advising you to be in. And that's how a lot of people get hung up. They're not asking the right questions. They're not forming a relationship. And any advisor that says, you know, hey, you know, trust me or whatever. Nah, it should be of constant communication back and forth, making sure that they're oh, the up and up, being transparent as the person that is, uh, you know, getting advised, uh, being accountable to that person, having checkups and let them know, hey, I got your best interest at heart. This is where we are. Uh, and especially, uh, one would assume, with um, when there's millions involved, there's also a lot of risque investments and, and exotic investments people try to throw at the money, right? And so my thing is, as an advisor is, let's get the foundational, the foundations uh, down with, you know, some ETFs and, and things of that nature, real estate, things that 
are more understandable versus these fly-by-night businesses, right? Where you're looking at it and, you know, it's the hot, greatest new company uh, that one could be investing their money in. So just understanding the in, in, in investment and just asking the questions of your advisor. It's okay to ask questions. You should. They should be held accountable. And they also should be uh, a fiduciary as well. Well, I appreciate that. And just to to also piggyback, um, because I don't want to miss this to your point, and you're right, you should properly educate yourself before making a choice and all of those things. Um, the game is so cold that mm-hmm. a lot of times people can play their position in order to get to what they want and make things look a certain way. And then I had other advisors, right, that because of the teams that I was on, they were using me to get close to other players. Right. So, you know, it's just, it's just different across the board. Um, but again, I'm not sitting up here telling anybody that financial advisors aren't necessary. And that's why I wanted to make sure I gave you your flowers because it is important what you do. And it is important for those people who don't have the necessary education to make sure you align yourself with the proper person as well and somebody that can teach you along the way. So, Absolutely. Again, I, I just wanted to make sure that I stood on that because I know you don't know me from a can of paint. I don't know you, mm-hmm. but I can also understand how not saying that, that you did or didn't, but it could probably be taken offensive because uh, I'm sharing certain things. And I wanted to make sure you got your flowers because I know that there are good brothers out there that are doing jobs helping families, helping build communities and all of those things. You know what I'm saying? And in everything that we do, as you mentioned, yes, there there are bad apples, but regardless of how bad or good the apple is, we have to take ownership and and have our um, accountability part in everything that we do. When I I got taken advantage of, I'm not pointing the finger at the advisor. I made the decision. Same with the women that I've chosen the same with anything else is going on. So I want to make sure that, that that message hits home more than anything else. So thank you, brother. I appreciate yeah, you for sharing that. Absolutely. And then uh, another thing that I've, I've kind of attested and I kind of concur with, or I completely concur, who you choose to do life with matters. It can make or break you. And that's key, uh, especially to young men. Make sure that you're picking a, a person that truly has your best interest. And it's hard, you know, people can hide who they are, but um, make sure you're picking uh, someone uh, that has more going on than a, a you know, a big button, a smile uh, for you. Uh, it truly matters that you, your, your goals and your ambitions uh, align uh, spiritually, yeah. uh, financially, all, all areas they, that they match you in every facet of your life. Right. And they have the ability to let you lead. Uh, as as a as a man, and that's very very right. important because right. uh, that can stifle you as well. That's the vision for your family, right? Um, and then men need to know that they're there. Uh, a good wife, uh, a good wife is there to just help cultivate uh, the, the the vision for the family, right? And it should just be a uh, in, in a healthy situation. Both of you guys working as a team, no one greater than the other. Nobody standing on anybody's head or neck. Both of you are equal and have equal say-so. Right. Yeah. No, that's pow- That's powerful, brother. And, and thank you for sharing, man. Look, I, ho- I hope I get a chance to continue to keep building with y'all brothers, man. So, Nelson, I do appreciate you for, for sharing that, man. And, and thank you for 
being open to to hearing me out as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Some of those things were, you know, learned the the hard way, you know, budgeting. I'm like, I was over here, amen, and was getting ready to put in the comments on some of the things that you've you you've you had to learn uh are are, are spot on. Um mm-hmm. being able to say no, budgeting. Uh, right. those are those are key fundamental elements of of a financially sound house. So yes, I've 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 enjoyed your your talk and your experiences and and things of that nature. God bless you, brother. Appreciate that. Bless you too. Well, hey, I think we're going to go on and wrap this up, man. Josh Powell, man, thanks for coming on Black Men Sundays. Thanks for keeping it real, sharing all the gems, all the information. Because on Black Men Sundays, right, I feel like this is the platform where Black men can come, be themselves. It's Sunday. You got your feet in a cold hot tub or cold tub, or you frying some fish, or you on that grill. So this is what, or are you driving to or from church? So this is what Black Men Sunday is all about. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. I'm glad you came through, man. Josh Powell came on Black Men Sundays and tore the stage up. I think you might be the third guest to get a part one and part two. So Josh Powell, thanks for coming on Black Men Sundays. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week, my brother. Peace. Hey, man, if I could say one quick thing before you hit that stop button. I want to salute every man on this call that's a part of your community and a part of this show on a on a weekly, daily, however y'all do it. It's important for y'all to get, get your flowers. I love y'all, man. I'm praying that you and your families are blessed, that y'all stay safe, that everything happens and goes the way that you want. And just want to salute, man, men that are trying to be better you know what i mean trying to do better trying to continue to learn or build or whatever it is that or whatever space you're in in your life so i wanted to take the time to let y'all know this is a dope podcast make sure you put this clip for the world to see keep doing what y'all doing man this conversation is important and needed this community is important and needed thank you all for everything that y'all do man i hope that i went above and beyond expectation I set the tone at the beginning. I stay ready so you don't never have to get ready, man. So, Corey, again, thank you, my brother. Peace, blessings, and love to everybody on here. It's a black man Sunday.